You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back uh, for what will be, it's late, your Wednesday edition of Locked On Browns. It'll get to you. A little later on Wednesday, but, you know, we go daily, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And if anything ever breaks, we're here for you at any given point. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Twitter, at on Twitter, I'm sorry, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked On Browns. As you guys know, always a follow-back account. DMs are open. The offseason allows for a lot of listener ideas. Listener questions, thoughts, you know, flood those DMs. You got an idea, you think it's good, you know, we'll always take the opportunity <clears throat> and use it in the show, um, which we can do here, you know, with you know the open schedule that we can do with the offseason. And especially seeing as when the Browns are now a good franchise, we don't have to sit down day in, day out, manipulate a hire, uh, manipulate an assistant strength coach hire or the fact that the Browns are just good right now, and the fact that the news, Browns-wise, is quiet right now, and for the 570 millionth time, quiet is good when you are in an NFL franchise. Joining me this evening, and I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, it's been a while since you've been on. Um, somebody, I always enjoyed his work, um, and I can totally understand where he's at with his life and you know, a little retired from the game, so to speak, because sometimes real-life calls – uh, used to be part of the draft breakdown podcast and missed draft breakdown, missed the podcast all of it. Um, but of course, you know, most people have gone on to, you know, other things. Mr. Justin Higdon on Twitter at NFC number two NFC. Justin, it's been too long. How's life treating you, buddy? Jeff, I'm doing good. It's great to talk to you. I think it's been all, about two years since I've been on Lockdown Browns. Um, and you know, it's nice to take a break from the Browns for a while, but, um, this year, of course, you know, they did so, so well, it was such a kind of a magical year, caught some lightning in a bottle and I'm just excited, I'm really excited with, uh, the way things look under Kevin Stefanski and company. And I'm, I'm excited to see what they do this off season. It's, it, it was just a refreshing year. And with everything that was new, as far as a new general manager, a new head coach, uh, you know, trying to, you know, figure out, you know, this defense. And it was, you know, a lot of moving parts on the defense, which was, you know, tougher defense coordinator, Joe Woods, you had an offense in place, but I think the thing that it still gets taken away from what they did this year is the fact that it was so much newness, but essentially it was like, everybody showed up, for training camp and it was like, okay, well, I recognize you from zoom, but really nobody essentially knew anybody. Nobody had any person to person experience or, you know, OTAs, you know, which could certainly be a thing of the past, but there were a lot of guys where, and, and, you know, on offense, you're talking two new offensive tackles, you know, mixing in with an offensive line that sort of, you know, had been played together, you know, with Wyatt Teller working in, but there was a lot of, I don't know you yet, as far as working with you and you know having cohesiveness with you on a football field, like I know what your tendency might be in this situation, so I knowing you, I'll react this way. 
And it was obviously a slow start with, you know, week one against Baltimore. But once that confidence hit and that momentum hit, Justin, it turned out to be a hell of a product. Yeah, and and the epitome of what you're talking about is that playoff game because they had so many new faces and so many players that weren't able to go in that game because of the COVID situation that sprung up late in the year and including the head coach. And you've got a, you've, you've got this uh, guard that you sign and plug in into the starting lineup and just all the moving parts at cornerback. And these are key, key spots, especially for what they do uh, in their defense and in their offense. And, and the way it came together for a, a route of Pittsburgh, it couldn't have been better the way that worked out. And it gives you, some comfort in, in, um, you know, the chemistry is there and the winning attitude is there. And I think that's something that's been missing from the team for 20 years. When you uh, would see them lose a game that they had in hand late in the game, that was heartbreaking. And they weren't losing those kinds of games this year. And now they have that confidence moving forward. It's, it's just, you know, and, and like words you're using, like confidence, success, plugging players in, um, you know, in years past. And, you know, if you were here and it was almost two years ago, the last time you were on the show, it was 2018. Confidence was riding high. And then came the ultimate gut punch of 2019. We're like, man, we really thought we had something. And, you know, maybe that didn't, you know, it, it was, you know, the way the structure was set up, whether it was Freddie Kitchens, you know, whether it was too many players who weren't essentially bought in yet. But I don't think any of that is a question anymore. Um, you know, whether it's you know the leadership and the following of your quarterback Baker Mayfield, or Miles Garrett, and who everybody you know understands, even when he came back from COVID, was not the Miles Garrett you know that we essentially have grown accustomed to, who essentially was the star of what was not much. But you get into the situation, and we'll get to this in a second segment here of. I, I don't know who can stay here anymore or, or, or where the room is to keep so-and-so because this team has nine draft picks. They're going to have some cap space, even though it's going to be a difficult year for every franchise, understandably so, with the you know the impact that COVID had as far as attendance, which at the end of the day affects you know cap. But – it, just to think that we're in this situation where you know, we're arguing over some, you know, on social media where people are arguing over keeping a really good player or maybe essentially extending a really good player. These are decisions Browns fans and people who cover the Browns, who've been around the Browns, have been waiting, like you said, 20 years to have. Like, well, is so-and-so good enough at this number or is, you know, A and B covering C's cost? At f- this is what we've been waiting for, Justin, for this franchise to have legitimacy and to be mentioned and spoken with, like, you know, I hate to say Pittsburgh, but yes, but New England and Green Bay and teams that year in, year out, we're watching on Saturday night's or Sundays in January. Yeah, and I think it really boils down to that Jimmy Haslam finally put his trust in the right person in going back to Paul DePodesta and really taking the lead of that group, DePodesta and his team, 
and going out, hiring Stefanski, bringing back Andrew Barry, and putting this trust in that circle. You wish they could have done it a few years ago, but even Stefanski says, you know, it, it might have been better that he had to wait that extra year to get the gig. And the worst thing that could happen, I think, would have been bringing Stefanski in to match him with Dorsey, and you would have had a clash there. You know, my only concern is that the Browns had such a golden opportunity. The fluky thing that happened to Patrick Mahomes knocks him out of that game. They have such a golden opportunity to steal that game against Kansas City, against the mm-hmm. defending champs at that time, and get into that AFC championship game and just see if, if they could make that next step. It's going to be hard to get back. You know, we, we can't say, like, well, they won 11 games this year, 12 next year. People are going to realize that this is a good team, a team that has to be a team that has to be taken seriously every week, and that wasn't always the case. Sometimes teams could sleepwalk for a half, and still come out and beat the Browns. And you know, they're not going to be able to do that, so they're going to come out with all engines firing right from the get-go against this team now. Yeah, it's it's one thing, and that's – and we said this especially uh, with the win with Pittsburgh. And, and, look, where Pittsburgh's going and, you know, look, Ben Roethlisberger, like they can say whatever they want um, it, it, unless Ben says, hey, let's just settle it right now. Give me $15 million for the year. You know, as much as Ben wants that money and Pittsburgh says, oh, we'd love to have Ben back. But that was the moment. That was the nail through the heart. And it was like, well, look, this is that was the one that was look telling that franchise, look, this is over. All right. You know, the, the jokes are over. All of that nonsense. You know, we are now a- above you. And look, the Steelers can deal with their cap situation. They can deal with the fact that they got a quarterback that they maybe do not want to play or even have it's not a knock on him, but it's you saw it with Phillip Rivers. You saw it with the Giants with Eli Manning. You know, you kind of see, you know, it's not a question of, you know, can we put new tires on the car and get an oil change? No, the sucker's just falling apart at the seams. And that's, you know, that was without a doubt the changing point. And this is where, and with everybody watching with that game being on primetime, this team, this is where it's going. The question is going to be, which we're going to get to here in just a second, is what you can do to enhance this and maybe make it where, hey, the second round, the Browns are still hosting a playoff game. And if you got to go on the road for the AFC Championship game against Kansas City, can you be ready for it? We're going to get to a little bit more with Justin here. Roster manipulation, free agency, all that good stuff. Uh, enjoying this already. Going to enjoy it a ton more with Justin Higgins along for the ride here on the latest Locked On Browns. Just because football season is over does not mean you cannot continue to whet your appetite. And where can you do that? Sports wagering-wise, betonline.ag. There's only one place that we trust at Locked On, and of course, that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON. For your 50% welcome bonus, whether it's NCAA basketball, whether it's NBA, whether it's NHL, MLB coming right around the corner, NASCAR, draft prop bets, betonline.ag has you covered. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget, again, to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus 
with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Justin, there's major, major decisions coming within the roster as far as extensions, um, fifth-year options, uh, whether you're entertaining the thoughts of bringing in a certain defensive end, formerly of the Houston Texans. And this is all talks before we get to the draft, which we'll get to in our third segment here, everybody. But this is now difficult decisions involving key members of this now successful franchise. It gets a little tougher here and it gets a little different. And like you talk about free agency and in years past, it was, well, hell, he's willing to come play here. Give him a blank check. Now it's, well, can we get so-and-so here for our number for the greater good of the future of this franchise? Right. I, I think it's with JJ Watt, it would have been, it's a fun idea. It would have been cool to, to see a guy like that come to Cleveland because he wants to make a run at a Super Bowl, Right. But I don't think it's going to happen. It's um, looking like John Clayton reported earlier that Tennessee, Green Bay and Buffalo are the final kind of the final three teams in the mix. And when you're looking at what Watt was asking for, what he wanted, he wanted a short deal with a lot of guaranteed money. And I don't really think that the Browns want want to go that route. Um, I doesn't fit in the analytic earlier. lens. Yeah, and I looked on Spot Track earlier, and I think they're looking at about 21 million in cap space or so. They can probably restructure that, make that number bigger. But um, he wouldn't want to use up a lot of that space on one player. I think, and in, in, in that vein, the big ticket defensive ends. If you look at Pro Football Focus's free agent rankings they're kind of projecting that big ticket defensive end number to be around 17 million bucks so Shaq Barrett Yannick Ngakwe and a couple of these other guys are are probably trying to shoot for that deal that 17 million a year contract and they probably want four or five year deals I don't think Cleveland's going to end up being able to to get one of those guys as much as I would like to have a player like that I don't think it's going to happen. So I think what you're going to see, you know, Larry Ogunjobi, one of the big free agents, I don't think he's going to be brought back. Um, Richard Higgins, it just depends on what he's looking for contract-wise because if he's looking for $9 million a year, $10 million a year, I don't think that the Browns are going to no pay him way. that. They can get him back at a less expensive number than I would like to see him back. But um, what what – D Podesta's, you know, his philosophy is is to use free agency less and less over the years to fill in those mm-hmm. gaps. And they don't want to pay players. They don't want to play, pay free agents for depth. And that's something that this franchise used to do because, like you said, they're just trying to get, oh, you want to play? You'll play in Cleveland? You're willing? Okay, we've got money, so we'll pay you. <laughs> um, not the case so much anymore. So – I think, you know, somebody asked us on Twitter if there was value, more value in draft or free agency for a slot cornerback. And I think slot cornerback is a spot where they can target in free agency. You can try and maybe get Mike Hilton away from Pittsburgh. You can probably try and get Brian Poole uh, signed or maybe bring back Kwan Williams, or you could sign maybe 
Nickel Roby Coleman for a cheap one-year deal. Um, those guys, their range is probably going to be about four to six million a year, so that would be less of a cap hit. You could try and uh, maybe if you want to address that defensive end, you could probably try, or you can maybe try to uh, bring on someone like Bud Dupree, who's coming off an injury on a one-year prove-it deal. But I don't think there's going to be a huge, big ticket free agency signing for this team. I, I really don't think it's in the cards. I, they're not going to extend Ogan Joby, who's probably going to get paid by someone else. Um, if anything, I think they might try and rework some contracts, knowing that they've got extensions possibly for Baker Mayfield coming up, So and maybe Nick Chubb. So with that in mind, I don't think you're going to see a big ticket free agent signing. I think you're going to see them sign inexpensive depth players, and then they've got, I think, nine draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to try and shoot for some key players early in the draft. Well, this is the thing, though, and, and, and they are going to look at this scope, you know, all over. And it'll be, you know, is three to four free agents at three to four million dollars better than risking, you know, 15. And look, if Watt's going to get a 17 million dollar deal in 2021, and we've told you this all a million times, it's not going to be in Cleveland. If he wanted to come with a decent guaranteed salary with incentives, then Cleveland was going to be the way to go. Um, you know, due to the fact that he's going to come here, not be the man, essentially, he's going to go here and he's going to, you know, come in and he's maybe going to achieve those bonuses due to the fact that Miles Garrett is going to be the guy that you know draws that attention and allows for his success, something that JJ Watt has never done. Um, look, if he wants his money, he wants his money. But I don't think the Browns are going to go to those numbers. And, Justin, it's PFF now. It's no longer pro football focus. It's just PFF. And I've made that mistake with John Costco a million times. But you have brought up, you know, and they're in so this. So, Jeff, it's like KFC now. It's They, yes. they dropped it. Okay, all right, I got you. Everything's everything's shorter nowadays. You know, I mean, I should be calling you JH, not Justin Higdon. I guess that's the way it goes in these days. Um, But there are players here now that the Browns have to look at commitment-wise, whether it is, uh, obviously, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb. So they have to play this game for the short term and the long term. Um, The question is, is, you know, with Baker, we know. I think we're pretty sure with Denzel Ward. How about Nick Chubb? This is this is where it gets difficult, you know, and you brought up the D Podesta blueprint. Look, Nick Chubb deserves to be paid among the NFL's elite at the running back position. And Nick is unlike most skill position players offensively in the NFL, whereas you don't hear much from him. Nobody truly knows, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it's, you know, hey, Nick, will you take $6 million when you're worth $13 million on the open market? How do you handle a situation with Nick, who is the consummate professional, consummate team player, one of the hardest working players on your roster, but you have this blueprint? It's the weirdest thing because sometimes, you know, whatever your beliefs are, 
and everything you stand for, there's going to be an anomaly. And Nick Chubb, without a doubt, is one of those guys. Well, they're going to have to make – I think we got a preview, a little bit of a preview of how they value the running back position when you saw them re-sign Kareem Hunt on a shorter, uh, cheaper deal that actually goes beyond this coming season. I think it goes for an extra season. So you could you could see Nick Chubb, them letting him leave as a free agent. They're going to have a franchise tag. Are they going to be in a situation where they have to tag Baker? Um, because they're, they're not wanting to risk um, Jared Goff's situation and signing him to a big long-term deal or Wentz situation where you're holding an albatross contract in a couple of years um, because he, he doesn't continue to build off his success? Or do you feel comfortable after this season? Is Baker going to be good enough where he does get that long-term extension? Then maybe you could use that franchise tag on Chubb. But I don't think this – front office is going to be in the is going to be in the business of signing Chubb long term to a big like Ezekiel Elliott type of contract I really don't and so we could see a situation where Chubb's either franchised or he let he's let go as a free agent and I think we're going to get a maybe a clue we might get a clue or at least think we get a clue depending on how this draft goes because I know one of their things is to continue to invest in quarterbacks. Wouldn't surprise me to see them draft a quarterback late in the in the game. And but I don't think that means oh they're going to let Baker walk. But if they do draft a running back, say third round, then you might start scratching your head and thinking this might be a guy they see as a, an heir apparent. And when Chubb, if when Chubb is let go. And part of it is, is, you know, as much as what Nick does, as great as Nick is, they may feel more comfortable with investing in the offensive line. And look, this is not saying in no way will I ever say that Nick Chubb is a system back because he's not. This guy is this good. He's this legit. It doesn't matter um, when the offensive line wasn't very great. He was still successful. But it gets into that position. And the other philosophy maybe is, well, we don't want to always have to lean on the run game when we need it. Um, we'd like to lean on the pass game and have the running game when we need it. It's going to be interesting to just see how the entire you know, running back room you know, evolves over the next couple of seasons. But with the success they both had in 2020 and the fact that you're going to have them here for 2021, that's all we can talk about right now. I mean, no crystal balls here involved. We're talking about 2021. That's the only thing we can talk about right now, Cleveland Browns-wise. We're going to shift it over, and we're going to go a little bit of draft here. We're going to get some of Justin's favorites Browns-wise. We're going to get some of Justin's favorites in the draft on a whole. A little bit more here coming on Locked on Browns. Built Bar, folks, I can't even begin to tell you. First off, their generosity of what they send to the house. Um, I can't even eat all of them. Um, they're fueling my wife and her team that she works with over at our local high school. Uh, they are great for me when I bring them to the job site. And I know guys are slacking. And here you go, guys. Let's get this in you. But Bill Bar, 18 amazing flavors. Currently, little teaser right there, including nut, nut and non-nut flavors. Six, eight new, six new flavors currently. Caramel brownie, 
cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile for your Cherry Barcia bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Go to BillBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Justin, it's an interesting class. And without all the information, it, it makes last year we got, I'd say, enough to give our thoughts, our beliefs on certain players. This year, it's almost like a mystery wrapped in a box, and we'll see the way these pro days are done. And please, to every school hosting a pro day, give out some legitimate numbers because there's people who desperately need them, desperately want them. But, Justin, like you said, we're not sure where free agency is going to take us. And very similar to last year, Four picks in that top 96. And that's got to be bread and butter. Those got to have to be, you know, researched, nuanced, and know every single frame of what you're going to take because that's going to be the, you know, the meat and potatoes of this 2021 draft class for the Browns and what's could be key pillars for the next few seasons here, as you bring in these cheaper contracts, as you have to start to extending and pay, you know, some of these talented players within the roster, but some players here, Justin, for the Browns in this 2021 NFL draft that definitely, you know, give the, get the eyes from you, sir. So they're picking 26 overall and we're used to seeing them pick much higher. So I hope everybody stays awake. I don't think everybody's going to be ready for this. (laughs) We're, yeah, we're used to an early pick, and then you can, you know, drink either to celebrate or to commiserate. But to cry. Now we, <laughs> yeah. So you got to wait till 26 now. And um, a lot, the guy that I see mocked at 26 often, or at least in the past several weeks, has been Zayvon Collins, who's a linebacker from Tulsa. Some people want to put him, he's 6'4, like 260, and some people want to put him at, at defensive end, at edge. He didn't really play that role at Tulsa, though. He was an off-the-ball guy, and he's gotten compared to Anthony Barr because Barr was kind of a similar, mm-hmm. similarly used player when he was at UCLA, and then as he went to the Vikings and became an, a player who played mostly off the ball and did very well early in his career. But I don't think the Browns are going to take a linebacker at 26. So I think that you're looking at, because you you can't afford – to pay a $17 million a year contract, I think you're looking at defensive ends. So then you have to say, well, what defensive ends are going to be there at 26? And then it gets tricky because probably Gregory Rousseau from Miami, who's, who is super productive, I think he's going to be athletic enough to fit into what they would like in a defensive end opposite Garrett. He's going to be gone by 26. They're not going to have a shot at him. Do you have a shot maybe at, the Miami defensive end, Jalen Phillips, he 
he has he carries some risk because when he was at UCLA, he walked away for a bit because of injuries. Um, you've got Ojolari that he's more of a linebacker. He's a smaller guy. Quincy Roche, another guy in that vein where he's a smaller guy, more of an outside linebacker, uh, edge player. So I think they want more size. So at 26, I'm not sure you're going to get a defensive end that you feel comfortable with. Maybe you got a shot at Jason Owe from Penn State, but this the guy had no sacks this year. And I don't think – I think I think production's part of their uh, formula. Analytic and, and draft have, board. Yep. Right. And he did have nine tackles for loss, but his his career high – I mean, he did have almost – average almost one tackle for loss per game, I should say. But his career high in sacks was like five and a half. So I, I don't think always the answer. So at 26, can we get in, a defensive end there? I don't know. So then you have to look at corners. And there is where I think you can get a good player. Perhaps a uh, – and I haven't looked at the mocks to see where these guys are falling, but I know Greg Newsom, a corner from Northwestern, is a player who's, who's moving into the back end of the first round in some of these mocks. You've got Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. Uh, he was a player who opted out for 2020. Maybe that pushes him back into the range where Cleveland can get him. Or maybe uh, J.C. Horn, who has kind of he has some, he has a lot of fans and he has a lot of people who think maybe he's a little overrated. But all those guys, what I look for is these guys can all run and they all can play make plays on the ball, interceptions, pass breakups. That's what you want in a cornerback. That's what Denzel Ward had coming out. So those are your players I think you're looking at at 26. Looking at looking for corners, if those corners aren't there, what else do we want to do? The, the blueprint says accumulate picks early. So then you could be looking at, you know what New England used to do when they had the 26 pick? Trade back, get more We're picks. out of here. 100%. You, know, you trade out, you add more assets, and, you know, you know, basically you gamble on, you know, the more you bring in, you find a way. Uh, and, and with cornerback, you, you're not sure what you do with the Greedy Williams situation. Um, and guess what? If Greedy comes back and he's healthy, you draft a cornerback at 26, that's all the more better. Um, and again, it, and this is where it's so weird because, you know, normally, you know, somebody like Justin, somebody like myself, as we're here and we'd be talking combine right about now, we start to get a little more confidence with players as we speak about them. This which makes it difficult here. And some of the names that Justin brought up, yeah, as far as edge players, yeah, they profile maybe okay, but not necessarily in a 4-3 defense, more as at 3-4, you know, edge rushers, which, again, just kind of just muddies the waters. And even Daniel Jeremiah, uh, you know, put out a tweet the other day where this is, you know, a difficult spot for everybody is somebody listed at 6'3", 265. Okay, what if the kid's 6'2", 250? What if he's actually 6'3 and a half, 270? These are things we don't have answers for yet, which makes this a crazy, crazy draft process. It's always crazy. Um, Just makes this one a little bit more here. Uh, Justin, we got about five minutes to go here. Now, just give me some Justin Higdon favorites from this 2021 class, because every time I do this, they end up somewhere within the AFC North, just not with the Cleveland Browns. Exactly. And so the Browns are, are, I think are going to be looking at receiver 
in the middle rounds in the, maybe the second, maybe to do the fourth round range. They have two, um, they have two third round picks, I think. And do they also have yep. two fourth round picks? If, yes, sir. If I'm recalling. Yeah. So that that's a good spot to look for a, uh, a wide receiver, I think. And one wide receiver that I like that I don't think is getting enough run is, is Nico Collins from Michigan. And he would give them something that they don't have, which is a big six foot four receiver and a player who, um, he, again, he opted out. So he's been kind of overlooked, but they don't have a guy like that six foot four and, Yeah, they don't have a guy like that. He's 6'4", 215, body control. He's like T. Higgins or Preston Williams, guys that I've liked over the last couple of years. Um, so those are that's a player that I would look at. Um, Terrace Marshall from LSU, I think he's going to go early. He could be a player they look at at 26 if they, if they value receiver and they're not able to trade back. I like Collins a lot. If you could get Collins in the second round, if you get Zayvon Collins in the second round, then maybe you could see them taking a linebacker. And uh, Talanoa Hufanga is, an, is kind of a hybrid safety linebacker. That's a player I think would be a good playmaker in the back end of Cleveland's defense. And really a, a defensive back that I really like, who I think is going to – he's played corner and safety, but I think safety is where he ends up, and that's Jamar Johnson, a safety out of Indiana. And – he, he's a guy who just shows tons of range at the back end of that defense. Indiana had a good defense this year. They gave yes, they Justin Fields bits, and Jamar Johnson was part of that, and he made some uh, big plays in the Big Ten season. Browns could use a safety. So that's another player I think day two that they could be targeting. And, you know, I, I'm with you on, you know, when you're speaking of players with versatility – and when you kind of have, you know, your idea of, you know, what your defensive line may be, granted you're going to need to add edge, um, they are not going to commit heavily to linebackers because they would like to be in situations where they're up early, up often in games, which gets to Joe Woods in this talk of wanting to play three safeties. You're going to want, you know, a, a bunch of corners because when you have a blueprint of trying to be a winning franchise – you know, you're not talking about playing base defense. You're talking about being in nickel and dime predominantly. Right. And that's where, that's where I think they fill that hole at at the nickel uh, slot corner in free agency. You can draft a corner because you you can't count on greedy Williams and you're not drafting corner for depth at, at 26th overall. So you, you're not yep. drafting the other key positions that they like quarterback and tackle. Those have players locked up. So you're not going to draft depth at those spots. So that's why I think corners is a sweet spot for 26, strengthen that defensive backfield, maybe, and maybe find a safety later to replace some, some of the guys they had cycling through last year. Yeah. And, and see that that's could be the way it works. Um, Cause look, we see that there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks involved here in round one. And for the Browns, that's great. Sit back, do your nails, watch all that madness unfold. Um, and it'll depend on where the run actually goes. Does the run go on cornerbacks, maybe giving you the ability to go D-end at 26? Or does it give you the ability where a lot of D-ends went before 26, now all of a sudden your window's open 
for cornerback, and you can have that solidified next to Denzel, and it's something you don't have to worry about as far as your starters for the next few years. Justin, uh, for a guy who's kind of out of the game these days, uh, certainly no rust with Sean, buddy. Hey, Jeff. I mean, it's it's great talking to you. And, you know, I have been retired, but my two girls are getting a little older. I sometimes get the itch to come back. Maybe I'll be like George Foreman and make like five comebacks throughout my career. Um, <laughs> but for, for now, for now, we'll see. There might be something on the horizon. Um, I'll keep you posted. That would be fantastic. And uh, any assistance I can give you, my friend, you know I've got that to you. He is Mr. Justin Higdon, formerly part of the uh, Draft Breakdown podcast, which is fantastic. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I miss Draft Breakdown in every essence of it. Um, and maybe we'll keep our eyes and ears out for the future for Mr. Higdon. Make sure you're following, again, at NFC2. I'm sorry, at AFC2NFC on Twitter. Uh, you know, Justin, you know, laying back, but you know, maybe now and then, and I know I've gone through this as well. You pull your bootstraps up, you get yourself back up into the game. The show itself, Locked on Browns, follow back account, as you guys all know. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, whether it is iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you are subscribed, you rate, and you review, please, and thank you. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.